Uh, thank you, Pastor. Uh, it's really a blessing to stand before you. Thank you for welcoming us to come and share the Word of God with you, to share the love of Christ together. And uh, I want us to begin with the Word of God. May you go with me in the scriptures. There are a couple of scriptures which I want us to read. Then I will begin to roll. Uh, Genesis chapter 31. I'm going to read a few verses. I'm, going, I'm not going to be like your usual pastor here. Uh, I'm just going to be a little bit topical. Because I'm just here for one day. So... You will excuse me for that. Uh, Genesis chapter 31, verse 3. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. Verse 13. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your kindred. Open chapter 32. I'm reading from verse 9. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, and I will deal with you, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the list of all the masses and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I've been Come two companies, deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with, with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the son of the sea, which I which cannot be numbered for the multitude. Verse 22. And he rose that night, took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. Uh, he took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now when he saw that, he did not prevail against him. He touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, 
For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And, and he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Go with me in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he, he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and said, Here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Turn with me in the book of Acts, chapter 9. Chapter 9, verse 1. Then saw still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus. So that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly the light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice saying to him, So, so, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and it will be told what you must do. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom, and the patience of Jesus Christ, was on the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit 
on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in the book and send it to the eleven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesian and the rest. Verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And the midst of the seven lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a garment down to, down to the feet, and gigged about the chest with a golden, a golden band. His head, as his hair, were white like wool, and white as snow, and his eyes as a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, and as if refined in the furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like a sun. Shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Let us pray. Father, I bless your name. Thank you for your word. Your word is already anointed. Anointed from the beginning to change the lives of people. Father, I pray. May we ponder around these verses. May we receive what you want us to receive in your word. Father, anoint each one of us so that we can receive from you. In your name of Jesus, I pray and everybody say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, when the pastors asked me and they said you are going to share to the congregation. I was praying and pondering what I should share about. And uh, my heart was driven to a scripture in the book of Habakkuk. I want to begin by quoting the scripture in the book of Habakkuk. And then I would draw closer the scriptures which you have read to fit the scripture. Habakkuk says, I'm reading from the New Kingdom's version. I will stand in my watch and set myself on the rampant and set myself on the high ground and watch to see what he will set me and what I'm going to answer when I am reproved. Habakkuk had a burden, a burden for his nation. It was going on through him. He wanted God to speak to him. He wanted to hear clearly what God he had to say. So, he decided to stand up high, to position himself on the high ground and wait upon the Lord. So my message, oh, our message for us today is about positioning ourselves for an encounter with God. The examples which all the scriptures which have spoken or which we have read in the word of God, there are some places, there are some positions which each one of us 
We need to position ourselves. I know all of us, we are on the spiritual journey. I am on the spiritual journey, and you are on the spiritual journey. The journey is hard. The journey is heavy. Let us look to Jacob. Jacob was on his way, coming from where he was in Midian. God came and spoke to him and said, Now enough is enough. It is high time for you to go back to your land. There I will deal well with you. Positioning number one, which Jacob put himself, was obedience. When God talked to him, when God communicated to him, Jacob had to obey. Jacob had to obey the voice of God. And Jacob, he decided, you could go and dig deeper in the scriptures. He talked to his wife. He talked to the children. And he said, we need to go back. We need to pack up our things and go back. Positioning number one. If you are to receive an encounter from God, if you are to receive an encounter from God, is obedience. Sometimes we sacrifice. I believe when Jacob was in the house of this Midian, he learned ways how to sacrifice. Because all of us we know, even one of his wife, he stole the idols and packed them in the bag. I believe he had learned how to sacrifice, how to do all the rituals. But God had another agenda. God had another program. He told to him, pack up your things and do what? Pack up your things and do what? And go. Jacob obeyed. Jacob obeyed. In our spiritual journey, there is a place, there is a position which is called obedience. Without obedience, without obedience to the voice of God, without being people who are willing to relinquish, who are willing to say, yes, Lord. We cannot receive an encounter with him. Position number one is obedience. Position number two is prayer. Jacob was on his journey. And he was threatened by his brother. The Bible says in Genesis 32, it says, Jacob, he was told that your brother is coming with 400 men. Jacob, he remembered what he did to his brother. He cheated him. He cheated him from his inheritance. He cheated him from his blessing. And then fear came and engulfed Jacob. What Jacob did, he decided to go before God once again. No matter he knew the promises of God. He knew the word of God very clearly. He said, now this is a spiritual warfare I am in. 
I am on my spiritual journey. I need to go back to my God. And then remind him what he said in his scripture. He prayed. He reminded God. And he said, Father, come and help me. Because I fear my brother. I normally say, life without prayer is life without God. Turn to your neighbor and say, life without prayer. Life without prayer is life without God. No matter how much volume of scriptures you have. Even if you have so many knowledge, the knowledge which is in the book will not help you. If you do not remove it from there and put it in your life. And you apply it in your daily walk. Jacob was on the spiritual journey. In his spiritual journey, he decided to go back to the Father and he said, Father, here I am. Father, help me. I'm threatened. I need your help. Position number two is prayer. What about position number three? Position number three, Jacob, he decided to separate himself from his world. His family, his children, the wives, whatever he has corrected, that was his world. He decided to say, enough, enough. All of you go and cross over. I need to remain here alone. When Jacob did that, guess what happened? There comes a man. And this man is not a usual person. This man is a divine person. The Bible says, as we have read in the scripture, Jacob started to wrestle with that man. From midnight up to morning, they were wrestling. It was an intense of wrestling with that man. If you want, if I want, if we want to receive an encounter with God, there is a time of separation. We need to separate ourselves from the world. What is your world? I don't know your world. I only know my world. If I want to receive an encounter from, from my God, I need to say, yes, this is high time for me to separate. This is high time for me to say, let it go. You cannot gain what you have not lost. If you want to gain back everything, you need to allow it to go. So there is a position. There is a place called separation. What am I bringing you to us today? I'm bringing an encounter for our personal life, whereby we are 
touched by God and changed completely. It is not a life, it is not a one type, a one moment of experience. You feel like things are moving on on you. Yeah, I've been in the presence of God. It has been so good. And then afterwards, you go back and you do your own things. No, it's a life touched by God and it changed completely. Position number four. Moses. Moses, all of us we know, he grew in the Pharaoh's palace. He grew as a prince. But now, we find Moses on the mountain taking care of the flock of Jethro. He's taking on a duty which is very humbling. A duty which even in Africa we cannot do. I used to do that work when I was very little child. Every person who takes care of flock is somebody who is very low. Somebody who is very, very last. Position number four is humility. Humility. Moses, he humbled himself. And he said, I've been running, I've run and run. Now, this is my destiny. My destiny is to take care of Locke. But when he was on the mountain doing that, guess what happened? God showed up. And he said, now, I've seen your heart. I've seen your humbleness. The level of your humbleness, the level of humility you choose to take upon yourself, that's the level which God is going to come to you. When you decide and you say, yes, let me take on this humbling Duty, and let me be faithful with it. God looks beyond our imaginations. Where you think God will not come, suddenly God will show up. When Moses was there, the miracle happened. The bush started to burn. He wondered it was not burning. It was not eaten up. He said, let me go closer and see what is this miracle. What is In other words, Jake, Moses was on the place, in the position which he can receive from the Lord. The place where he positioned himself. And he said, yes, I am looking for the humble heart. I am looking for somebody who is humble and who is ready to give his life. When God, if he met him, all of us, the story we know, God started to give him a new mandate. Somebody who is a cattle keeper, his destiny is now changing. He's going to go back and deliver God's people. Somebody who was running away from the problem and is going back to face the problem. He was running away from a fellow 
Because he was supposed to be killed of the havoc he did. He decided to go and take care of ships. He, to take care of the ship on the mountain. And then God came and he changed his destiny. And he said, it's no longer time to run away. Now it's time to go back and face that situation. Position in number five. Paul. It is very interesting. When you read the Acts, Acts chapter 9. Paul, he was so committed to his religious duties. He was so committed to the work of the priests which they were giving him to do. Killing the, the Christianism. Paul thought he was doing God a favor by killing these people who have come to disturb the laws and the regulations to come and turn upside down the word of God. And Paul was on the right course according to the law. According to those who, who employed him. And then suddenly going on doing that. So committed to his work. So committed. And then God said, this is the man whom I need. A man who is so committed. And, and according to the Bible, God showed up. Jesus showed up on the road. He kicked Paul from his horse. He threw him down. When he came up, the sight was a little bit changed. He could see nothing. In other words, his vision. Now, God is turning the vision. God wants to bring a new vision and a new focus. The level of commitment you have, and the level of commitment I have, that is the level God is going to show to me. If I need to have an encounter, there is a position called commitment. I need to commit myself. You need to be committed to the work given to you. Either you understand or you do not understand. God will fix it. God will come and fix it for you. Because for Paul, he thought he was on the right track. And even, even when you look at Paul, Paul knew the language of heaven. When he heard a voice, so, so, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? In other words, Paul, he knew the language of heaven. He knew how God speaks. He knew how God talks. Immediately there, the boss of Paul changed. His employer instantly changed. Where he gets instructions, instantly changed. Why? Because he was committed. 
Position number six. We look at the life, at the life of John. John was on the Isle of Patmos. And he was in a prison. I don't know which type of prison he was in. But, it, but to John, he explains the prison he was in. He said, I was bound because of the testimony of Jesus. And they put me to prison because of the word of God. But, my brother, among us all the days, I've been in the spirit. But there is one day which is very, very special. It was the day of the Lord. That is when this encounter came to me. I believe John being on the Isle of Patmos, he stayed in the spirit. Why? Because he knows when you stay in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. When you stay in the spirit, or you ignore Every kind of pain which comes to you. Every kind of torment which comes to you. He was persecuted. Those who have been in the prison, they can tell you what happened is there. I believe, but in Uganda, they say when you go to prison, you are going to come out when you are rotten a hundred times. You have been a thief, only pickpocketing. And now when you come out, you are going to learn how to steal a bank. So, there are so many things happening in the prison, I believe. But John, he decided to remain in the spirit. When you decide to remain, by the way, he's the one who wrote the book of Revelation. We enjoy it so much. We enjoy what did what did Paul was saying meaning here? What uh, uh, please? Uh, and then we begin to argue. Uh, I don't think he was saying the church you go. Well, so if if John was here, maybe he would have been the one to explain that. Because he remained deeper in the spirit of God, and he was very precise on everything he wrote down. But he was in the spirit. If you want to receive an encounter from God, you need to remain in the spirit. Those are three positions. I will say this. Is it possible to, today to receive an encounter from God? My answer is yes. God is the initiator of an encounter. But there is a part which you and me we need to play. If we are to receive an encounter, God begins, and then you play your part. It's my responsibility and your responsibility. If you are here and you are not born again, I want to give you an opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus. I want, you to give, I want to give you an opportunity for you to say, yes, Lord, here I am. The Bible says, that's how God loved the world. And he sent his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have an 
everlasting life. Your first encounter will be with Jesus. I need to give you an opportunity. Jesus is knocking on your door. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to change your destiny. Jesus wants to change your life. If you are not here, I'm giving you this a life moment. In a time where you can have an encounter with Jesus. May all of us close our eyes. Because I want to ask this question. If you are here and you are not born again, may you raise up your hand. Jesus loves you. Jesus is calling. Jesus is saying, my son, I need to have an encounter with you. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. I want to give you a new name. As I conclude, thank you so much. As I conclude, what are the benefits of having an encounter with God? Benefit number one of having an encounter with God. Our lives will be touched and changed completely. How do I know this? Jacob his socket was touched. I believe God was saying to him, now I'm touching you. From now you are not going to run anymore. Even up today, it is the history in the land of the Israelites. When you have an encounter with God, when you have an encounter with Jesus, your life is going to be touched and changed Completely. Number two. Our history. Will be remembered no more. When Jacob had an encounter with God. His history changed. The angel asked and said. What is your name? I'm Jacob. And he said from today. You are not going to be called Jacob, your history is becoming changed today. When you allow yourself, when you position yourself to have an encounter with God, your history, each of us in our spiritual walk, in our spiritual journey, we have different histories. When they tell you my history, you might not want me to be your friend. But when I had an encounter with God, my history is no more. When you position yourself for an encounter with Him, your history will be no more. Number three. When you have an encounter with God, your relationship will be restored. We have so many broken relationships. We are like a Jacob. Jacob, you said to God, God, I fear my brother. He does not say why, he's, why he fears him. But he just said, Lord, I fear my brother. Please come and help me. You are the one who has talked with me. You are the one who has said this. 
Immediately when Jacob had an encounter with God, his relationship with his brother was restored. Another thing, when you have an encounter with God, our destiny, our destiny changes. You no longer go to the mountains. And now you are going back to Pharaoh's palace to bring God's people out there. Your destiny changes. Your identity also changes. You no longer the one who persecutes people. But you become the one who is persecuted. You no longer run away from God. You no longer run away from your problems and your issues. Let me tell you this. In this life, we have a lot of issues. We have a lot of problems. Our Christian work is not easy. But how are, how are you going to overcome this? We overcome this by having an encounter with God. Well, we, we possess a new body. We possess a new, a new mind. Everybody who is in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, is a new creation. I'm no longer the one who was birthed by my mom. But I am birthed with a divine mom. Don't ask me who is that divine mom. Even I don't know. But what I know, I am birthed with a divine mom. I dress a new, a new body. The Bible says, a new body created in God, created in righteousness and in holiness. When you and myself, we have an encounter with God, my destiny, my identity, my name, my, my relationship, everything turns upside down. I know, as I've been saying, I know, every spiritual journey is different. You may say, you are coming from Africa. You don't know what is happening here in America. Yes, I don't know. That's why we, we have even one savior. The, the one who saved somebody from Africa is the one who saved somebody here in America. We, there, there are some common elements which we share. Our journey is always hard. The journey, but when you dress, when you have an encounter with God, you dress a new man, you are able even to penetrate through the walls. The invisibles, you are able to penetrate through. Because when you become a person of the Spirit, no one will judge you. No one will know where you are coming from. No one will know where you are going. Because you have now got an encounter with your Lord, your Master. Please remember this. Encountering God in our journey has a reward. A blessing of a life. Touched by God and changed completely. Like the examples I've given to us. 
Let us position ourselves in prayer as I conclude. Let us position ourselves in prayer, in obedience, in separating ourselves from the world, in humility, in commitment, and in the spirit. Remain in the spirit. When you remain in the spirit, you will not even understand what is happening around you. And even the people around you, they will not understand you. You are the only one or person of the spirit who understands what is going on. As I said, God is the initiator of an encounter. But you have a part to play. My challenge for all of us is this. Do you know a place? Do you know your position? Which you need to position yourself to. So that you can have an encounter with God. I need you from today. I need you from now. Let me tell you this. My brothers. My sisters. This Christian walk is not a joke. We are, we are going to overcome this world. We are going to go through smoothly this world. When we have an encounter with God. May stand up on your feet. Father, I bless your name. And I thank you for your word today. Thank you for what you have spoken to us. Father, we need you. Father, I have spoken your word. And Father, it is your time to work in us. May that word go deeper in us. May we find a place. A place where we can have an encounter with you. A place in which we stop complaining. We stop murmuring on our journey. Father, I pray for us. May you send forth your spirit. May you send forth your anointing to draw us closer. To draw us to the place which you want us to be. The place which you want to meet us from. Father, bless your people as they go out of this church. Bless your people as they go back to their destinations. In the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you.